for tonight. We ask you to bless this time in the Word. I pray, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, just get us locked in and focused right now to give you our best and our full attention. Lord, I pray, anoint our eyes to see and ears to hear. Give us good, fertile soil, heart and minds. Lord, I pray that your Word, that you speak through me, words of life, that it go out as living seeds of truth, sown in the good, fertile soil, watered by your Spirit to take root, grow, and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains. Lord, I pray that you'll burn it in us, that the truth truly get in us tonight. Lord, let it be light shining in dark places to dispel any lies of the enemy, any deception. Lord, let it be a hammer that breaks down strongholds of the enemy. Let it be the sword of the Lord that cuts away what needs to go. Bless this, Lord. Use this time in the Word. It is your Word. We ask you for a mighty anointing upon it and the presence of the Lord, the glory to settle over us in an awesome way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, just real quickly, let me read this story. All right, I'm doing a series on impartation. This is part three. All right, this is a story of a a man that says this. He said, I had been a Christian for many years, having accepted Jesus as my Savior at the age of 14. But no one told me that Jesus was supposed to be the Lord of my life. So as a result, my early Christian experience was not successful or powerful. I never developed a deep and intimate relationship with the Lord. This is why I ended up backsliding in my late 20s or for about four or five years. Shortly after I was married, though, I started feeling hungry for God. I began to fast, and my devotions and prayer time came alive. I enrolled at a Fuller, uh, sorry, Fuller Theological Seminary so I could go into full-time ministry. And I began to have a prophetic knowledge of people's needs, but I never had heard about the prophetic gift and didn't know what was happening. In April of 1994, I got an email about some amazing meetings in San Francisco where God was showing up in an awesome way. I went, received prayer, and had an incredible, powerful encounter with God. Now listen, this was where the point of contact, the impartation came in his life. Okay, He said he went to these meetings. He was in Bible school, and God was moving in his life. But now was an opportunity for a powerful impartation to come into his life. So he went to these revival meetings in San Francisco. They laid hands on him. They prayed over him. He said he received an empower- a powerful encounter with God, and his body began to shake. The shaking lasted about three hours. During that time, God kept telling me, to trust him. I continued to attend the meetings and God met me powerfully each time. He began doing an inner healing in me and I began to feel loved and also um, had an ability to love others with the love of Christ. After this, I began flying to Toronto, to the Toronto Revival during that time and, and Randy Clark was still there. And he said that Randy prayed for him several times at the Revival. Every time he prayed for me, he said a passion for missions would burn in my soul. Randy came to minister in my home church in August 1994, and during these meetings, I again experienced the tangible presence of God. In 1995 and 1997, I went with Randy with a team to Moscow. On both these trips, I saw God do amazing miracles when I prayed for people. So God had already released an impartation in his life. Now was the time to begin to function in that anointing, okay? He said, I saw deaf ears open, semi-crippled people walk. One instance when God grew back missing body parts, creative miracles. There was a lady who had been in a fire, and her kneecaps were literally burned off. And when I prayed for her, God gave her new kneecaps. Praise God. The thing that took me back uh, the second trip was that God really was willing to heal the sick through me. So in June of 2001, I started a healing school where people learn to pray for the sick and see people get healed. I'm convinced that God wants everybody in the body of Christ to be able to pray for the sick. In 2002, I was laid off from my job for five days, went to Brazil with Randy. Significant things happened on the trip. It was an incredible time, and the power of God was amazing. And 
that's basically the story. But I wanted to give you some impartation stories. That's what I've been doing each time. Okay. So in the first, um, the first teaching that I did, the emphasis was the hunger and the desperation for more of God. Okay, you've got to be hungry and desperate for more of the Lord and not be content and settled where you are. That's number one. You want a powerful impartation in your life and you want God to use you in a significant way. Um, not everybody does, but if that's you, if there's a hunger, there's something in you. Number one, God's got to put that desperation in you that is driving you for more of Him. I've got to get further along the way. I've got to see more of His power, more of His presence. I've got to have more of Jesus. There's got to be a deep crying out, number one. Then number two, the last time I preached, I dealt with different things, but the main point was honoring God's servants, honoring the anointing. It's so important to honor where God's moving and be willing to go there. Can you imagine in our time if, uh, you know, say Jesus or the Apostle Paul or Peter, somebody was coming to a town and people were too lazy to go or too prideful to go? You know, the saying I hear all the time with people, this is nothing but pride. So why do I need to go anywhere? God will touch me where I'm at. But anyway, if we're humble and we have the humility and the wisdom to go where God is moving, humble ourselves and go, God will move in a powerful way in our lives. And this man was desperate. He was hungry. And he went to where God was moving. Now, the second, second point was about honoring God's servants. I know, like, for example, whenever I go to get prayer somewhere, the last place I was at was, was at Global Awakening, Brother Anthony. And I always just honor them, you know, and, I, and I'll pray before I get prayer from them. I'll say, Lord, I just honor your servant. I receive them as a man or woman of God. I bless them. Lord, I humble myself. And I'm asking you to pour your spirit on my life. Touch me. Let there be an invitation tonight. But I honor them and bless them. And it's important to honor them because... The Bible says if you honor a prophet as a prophet, you'll receive the prophet's reward. So you've got to honor the prophet as a prophet. And that takes humility. You see what I'm saying? Or honoring the apostle as an apostle. Honor the pastor as a pastor. But honoring them in their office. I know like, for example, when, when Brother Anthony came as an evangelist, we're honoring him and receiving him as a fivefold ministry evangelist. And therefore, we're receiving the evangelist reward. And the last time he was here and preached, there was a powerful move of God. But when you study the life of Jesus, um, it was in his hometown among his relatives in Nazareth that they did not honor him. And because of that, it says that he could not do. It doesn't say would not with a W. It does not say that, and it's in the Greek. Look it up for yourself. He says he could not with a C. He could not do many miracles among them except lay hands on a few sick people and then be healed. And it had to do with their disrespect and dishonor of him. They didn't honor him. And so, therefore, Jesus always said, I do what I see my Father doing, and I speak what I hear him speaking. And I guarantee you, the Father looked down and saw their stinky attitude and said, I'm not going to move there. And Jesus could not do great things because of their dishonor and disrespect for his ministry and for him. So it's very important. I've seen that with my eyes. I have seen where people have had a dishonor and disrespect toward an anointing and toward authority. And God would move and touch everybody around them, pass them by, and keep touching other people. I've seen it with my own eyes. So your honor toward men and women of God will open you up to receive what God has for you. But dishonoring and disrespecting them actually can block the blessing. So that was the last. Now this time, I just want to touch on this real quick. But 1 John 2.27 
says, as for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. And you don't need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. So the anointing comes in you and abides. There's greater levels, greater realms of anointing. God has blessed me. I'm walking in more anointing today than I was 20 years ago or 10 years ago. You know, There's levels of anointing. But here's the thing about receiving the impartation in these little mini teachings. On this one, let me encourage you, do not go by feelings. This is the most important thing I could tell you. The impartation doesn't come by feelings. Sometimes you will feel the power of God in an awesome way, and there may be other times that you don't. Let me give you a story to illustrate this. There was a time I would went to the Brownsville Revival when it was going on many times, and God powerfully touched me. Most of the time, I mean, I would really feel the power of God very strong, and I'd come back very refreshed. There was this one time that I went to Brownsville, and there was just a lot of spiritual activity going on, um, resistance or something in my life at that time. This was many years ago. And I just felt resisted by the enemy, and there was kind of a heaviness. Anyway, I took a small group. I was youth pastoring at the time, took some of my leaders, and we drove down there. And uh, we could only be there for, it might have just been one night, I don't remember, but it was a short trip. We went there, got prayer. I got prayer. And the power of God touched me, but I didn't feel a lot. Like I said, there was just a lot of resistance going on. There was a lot of things back at the home church where I was at. There was just a lot of spiritual warfare going on in general against the move of God. And there was kind of a heaviness. So I didn't really feel a lot, and that was really weird. Because normally when I went there, I did. But this particular time, I drove back, and I was just like, Lord, I receive everything you have for me. I was driving. I had some very lazy people with me. I literally had to drive all night by myself. They fell asleep. That's okay. I love them. I bless them. Don't know where they are today. Maybe they'll hear this and feel convicted. <laughs> but anyway, I stopped. Man, I would stop. I don't even like the gas station coffee, but man, I seriously drank at least one pot of that type of coffee from Florida all the way back to Texas. So anyway, I had to be back Sunday morning. I was on staff. I had to be back there. I had to be a part of the praise and worship and help minister and everything else. I drove all night. I got back in Texas. I stopped at my parents' house because they were living in East Texas. I was driving through, ran in, took a quick shower, put on my suit, drove from there. From there to, was, was uh, no, it was um, Mesquite. So that was probably, what, like two-hour drive or something. Anyway, had to drive that far. Got there right as service starts. So I come in, and but it was interesting because whenever I got into East Texas, though, I felt for the first time in the whole trip, I felt something happen, and I, and I just began to kind of shake and just kind of cry a little bit. I just felt the presence of God. But anyway, I was in such a hurry by now. Anyway, I get to church, and as I was there, they began to worship and all that. I was on the worship team. I was helping out. And they had had prayer right before that. I came in just at the beginning, right as people were praying. And I remember I felt led to just pray for some people just real quietly, and I there was one of the older gentlemen, like an elder, and I went over and just prayed for him, my hand on his back, and went over and was praying for some other people. And we were praying for the service, and, and people were coming in. Worship was about to start. And he, he got up, and he was crying. And he said uh, to those that were up there on the platform, he said, y'all come here. He said, man, I don't know what's going on. But he said, when he put his hand on my back, he said, I felt just pure fire on his hand, and pure fire started pouring into me. 
In that particular service, um, if I remember correctly, the power of God fell in that service. We started going through praying for everybody. God was touching everybody. But the point is, I didn't feel a lot. But yet, the power of God was still, the impartation was just as real. And I remember I saw Reinhard Bonnke. This is kind of a funny story. And um, he was he was going to pray for people. And Reinhardt, he's this, if you've ever been in his ministry, he's loud. And uh, he's this German guy, and he's, he's just, you know, he's just out. But anyway, he was coming down to pray for people, and he would pray for people like this on the top of their head. He's coming through, you know. And uh, so anyway, he, he prayed for me. And I figured, man, Reinhard Bonk, when he prays for me, I figured I was just going to be, you know, out. And But when he prayed for me, I said, Lord, I receive everything you have for me. As soon as he prayed for me, I felt just a jolt of God's power shoot through me. But I was just standing there, you know, and he just kept going. But I, I, knew, I knew to take it by faith. I said, Lord, I just receive whatever you have for me. So I, I left there, and I was going to my car. And as I was walking to my car, man, my body started shaking uncontrollably. And I remember sitting in my car. My body shook most of the way home. I'm trying to drive like this, you know. And so obviously something was imparted there. But the point is that if I had had an attitude of, well, I guess nothing happened because I didn't feel anything, it could have hindered. There was a, there was a man of God that went to Rodney Howard Brown's meeting, and um, it was just, bless their heart. Some people don't know about revival, don't know how to receive, and they're just, you know, just there, you know. And this guy was a pastor, and, and everybody was getting prayer, and they're getting slammed by the power of God, and there he was, you know, just standing there. And uh, Brother Rodney went through, pray for people, pray for the guy. The guy was just standing with eyes wide open, hands laid on him, and Rodney keeps going. And um, he contacted Brother Rodney, though, later and said, this is a true story. He said, Brother Rodney, something must have happened when you prayed for me. He said, because, he said, I went home, and he's pastoring a church. And he said, it was a Sunday morning, and I was, and he said, I came up to, to do something, talk or whatever. To, I don't know if he's taking the offering or what. But he said, I just leaned on the podium like this. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, I felt a literal wind sweep through the church and people just started falling out and the power of God fell in the meeting. What in the world? And the man was just standing there. So don't ever, don't ever think just because somebody looks so unresponsive that God's not touching them. Because you never know what's going on on the inside, okay? It's not, I've seen that where people, and you're thinking, wow, this person doesn't have a clue about receiving anything. But, but you never know. And uh, there was another story where this, this powerful evangelist was praying for people and a mighty anointing on him. And there was a lady that was crippled. And she desperately wanted to be healed. I mean, she was in a serious situation. She had come down there, and, and, and the person was just walking through praying for people. They walked by her, prayed for her, kept going praying for people. And she got mad because she was, you know, I guess it was kind of like Naaman the leper. Why didn't he come out and pray over me? And you remember that story? That Elisha just sent somebody out to tell him, go dip in the river. And he got offended. So this lady was like, why didn't he spend some time praying for me? And she was really offended. She was mad. And she's crippled. And they take her back to the car, put her in the back seat. She's just going off how mad she was about, he didn't even spend any time praying for me. And it was hot in the car. And then she started grappling about being, it's hot in the car. And listen, this is a cripple lady. She started rolling down the window. And then she realized that God had healed her with her stinky attitude and all. 
See, God can do that. Amen. So number one, don't go by feelings. When you get prayer about healing, you may not always feel something. You get prayer about deliverance. You command something to be broken or leave. You may not always feel instantly that something has happened. But it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. The same with impartation. It's all received by faith. Well, I grew up, um, you know, around the power of God, and I, I've always understood the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But one of the things I never liked was the way that they would try to make somebody pray in tongues right then. Listen, you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit by faith. Let me give you a quick story. So I was preaching this meeting, and um, that when I, at this particular place, it was a home for teens. They... They came from every background you could imagine. So I'm serious. It was, it was funny. I've got a lot of funny stories from this because, I mean, you have people come out of gangs, uh, literally came out of witchcraft. I mean, the preppy kid, and then you've got the one that came from the Catholic Church and the, the Episcopal Church and the Baptist Church. And, and uh, I mean, it was just every race, every background you could imagine. So it was, it was fun. And um, one night the power of God fell. And these, these young people were getting slammed by the power of God. They were falling out everywhere. Well, one girl was uh, was scared, you know, and so I was watching her, thought about kind of chasing her, but I didn't. But every time I'd go over here, you know, she would run and go to the far corner. So wherever I was, she positioned herself. <laughs> and uh, so it was really funny. And I knew she was watching me, too, you know, just really freaked out. So, um, I, you know, and I didn't want somebody to think I was going through and, like, slugging people, knocking them down. I'm sure there's some weirdos out there that do that. So I was like, when I pray for them, I would do like this, you know, and they would you'll fall out. Well, there's no way that somebody think I was pushing anybody, amen? So I was real good with that. But she was scared, but her friends were telling her, man, power God's all over. And so her friends were telling her what was going on with them, how awesome it was. So she wanted prayer. But anyway, she, she came up, but she wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And speak in tongues. And I told her, I said, listen, I'm going to pray for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Take it by faith. When we pray, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay? You'll speak in tongues after that. If you speak in tongues tonight, um, right then, later, whatever, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. I pray for her. That girl fell out. They had The girl that was running from me all night, they had to carry her to her room. And one of the leaders, it was funny, man, put her like a sack of potatoes. Just carried her out like that. But she told me later, she said, you know... But Scott, she said, whenever you pray for me, she said, I didn't speak in tongues right then, but she said it was like a week or two later, she was on an airplane, she was flying back home to Charlotte, North Carolina. She was listening to some worship on her headphones, and she said she just started crying for no reason on the airplane and just started speaking in tongues right then. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit when we prayed, but she, the tongue started flowing at a later time. Okay? So you receive by faith. You don't go by feeling. And these young people I was ministering to, they were so childlike and unchurched, God could move. Church has ruined a lot of people, made them religious, and they can't receive from God because they're no longer childlike. Okay, here's some things about receiving from the Lord. Number one, do not try to fall, but also don't try to resist falling. Just receive. I've seen some people I think I've got to fall, you know, and it's like you don't do that. And they'll courtesy fall, whatever. Don't do that. 
I don't know why people do that. And I've seen some other people too that stand there and they're like, I'm not going down and they'll they'll they're like this. <laughs> I just laugh. I've seen them hit the floor hard. I mean you're just praying for them like this, you know, and they're resisting. I'm not going down. <laughs> they go flying backwards. All right. Another thing is get out of analysis and into worship. If you're trying to analyze everything, do you really think you're going to figure out God? Do you know when God comes into a meeting, it, it can be so powerful. Okay, whenever we had this particular outcry, remember we were at the gym, and man, it just was like a bomb went off. It was amazing. We had, we had at least 100 that were coming through this fire tunnel, and I mean, they were people all over the ground, everywhere around the fire tunnel. Some of them were shaking. Some of them were crying. Some of them were laughing. Some of them were being delivered of demons. Some of them were being healed. And if you looked at this, you walked in and saw it, you think, my Lord, it is, look at this, it is utter chaos. And we're just sitting there just still praying for people that are coming through. And they're everywhere, you know. And, but... God, the Holy Spirit, is completely and totally in control. It's a move of God. And after the service was over, there was testimonies like you wouldn't believe. Even one of the youth groups, the youth pastor contacted me and told me that he came back with his youth. And they, that Sunday night, they had the, all the leaders, or all the, I'm sorry, the, the adults come through and they were praying for him. They said the power of God fell in their church. So I'm just saying that it was a move of God. But when the Holy Spirit shows up like that and moves, you've got to trust Him. You'll be sitting there preaching. There may be somebody fall out over there and start laughing or crying or somebody over here. I remember during the Brownsville Revival, they would be sitting up there worshiping or whatever and somebody let out blood-curdling scream get delivered of a demon. Now, where else are they going to get delivered of demons? College? High school? At home? Church, of course. So what are you going to do? Just let God move. But see, the problem is people have so much fear, they have almost zero faith. I'm serious. They have total fear, and they, because of fear, they totally, completely want to be in control of the service. And you've got to let the Holy Spirit be in control. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Let Him take charge of the service. So get out of analysis trying to figure everything out, and just get your focus on the Lord and worship Him. Another way to receive from God is this. Stop praying. How many times I pray for people, and you go up and you lay hands on them, and they're sitting there going, Jesus, just going on, speaking in tongues or whatever, and you're going, just calm down. Just receive, okay? And so, seriously, though, whenever, you, um, whenever you're going to get prayer, pray beforehand, Lord, just touch me, whatever you want to do in my life, and then go up in faith and just receive. So it's not whenever you're in the line and people are laying hands, so that's not the time to be praying about everything. That's the time to receive. Pray before you go. But whenever it's time to receive, it's time to receive. And people that are praying like that, I've seen how it just, they weren't receiving. They weren't in a receiving mode, and they didn't receive everything God had for them until I calmed them down and told them, quit praying, quit praying in tongues, quit yelling, quit shouting. It's not that hard. Just receive. Okay? Another one is, if God does put you out under the power, don't be quick about getting back up out of that. Let the Lord do the work. 
Sometimes you'll feel the, the thick presence of God, the glory. I mean, you guys have been under the power and you felt something just settle over you, the glory of God. It was a weightiness. I mean, you guys have felt that. All right, most of you. When you're out under the power of God and you feel that weightiness, wait until that glory, that impartation soaks down into you and you can get up easily. If you have to fight to get up, God's not done with you. I used to see um, some some people, you know, in the revival times, they keep getting up and somebody walk back over, no, it's not time yet, more, Lord, and they go back out, you know. Just learn, just learn to soak in the Lord and receive. People are in such a hurry. Where are you going to go, man, you know? What's more important than being in God's presence right now? What's more important than receiving what He has for you? But people are in such a mindset of just... Like they're going through a car wash or something real fast. I get prayer before I jump back up and I'm just going to go. It's like, just relax. But the anointing, the impartation of the anointing. That's mainly what I wanted to cover this time. I'm breaking it down into different teachings. But make sure that um, you receive things by faith. Okay. And... Don't be quick about getting out of something God's doing. If God's touching you, stay there and let Him finish what He's doing. You know, your time, if God puts you out under the power, that's God's operating table. Let Him finish whatever it is He's doing in you, okay? All right, so let me pray, and then we're going to kind of change gears, okay? And we can go ahead and shut down recordings for that. But Lord, I pray tonight there'll be a mighty impartation of the anointing. Lord, you're ready.